I was supposed to tell this story about how Kane had this girlfriend that he killed in a car crash. And it was just insane. And it ends up, I'm at a funeral home with a dummy in a coffin. Oh, my God. With Kane's mask on, pretending I'm Kane. I'm on top of the coffin having mock sex with this man. Oh, my God, no. And, oh, Jesus and, Christ. Oh, yeah. And, and Vince is yelling at me. God damn it, do it harder, make more noise and stuff. It's gotta be over the top. I really did. I screwed your brains out. Yeah. Hey Bryant, we made it to the big time. Oh, how's that? We made it on the Bruce Mitchell audio show. Ooh. Yeah, it was both of us together with the Rich Fan. Yeah, how about that? It was pretty cool. We um we did lay down some stuff. It's on uh, Pro Wrestling Torch, PWTorch.com right now if you want to check it out. I didn't know if they were going to call it. They didn't know if the, at first if they were going to call it Deep Dive or if they are going to do it at the Bruce Mitchell Audio Show, but they ended up calling it the Bruce Mitchell Audio Show. Bruce Mitchell, uh, let's see, what, what, they could have called it the uh, the the Deep Dive with Bruce. The, the, the Deep Dive is Alive Alive with Bruce, Bruce Mitchell. Mitchell. <laughs> they could have done that, which Bruce would have hated because he hates everything. <laughs> he, <really does. laughs> he hates everything. Uh, fun weekend at WrestleCade. We had a lot of fun. What was what was the highlight for you? Oh boy, uh, <clears throat> I think overall the highlight was hanging out with Rich and Bruce. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, just that in itself. Um, but WrestleCade wise, who um, probably chit chatting with Brian Pillman. Brian Pillman Jr. is amazing. Yeah, he's really he's really cool. Um, you know, considering. Everything really. He's been able to. He's got such a level head on him. You know, it seems like to me, and he's really very realistic about his career and yeah, his that progression. Was and he's only been in the ring like two years. That's hard to believe. I remember him. I do remember that story about him being at either the first or the second big pay per view for AEW in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And somebody goes, "It might have been, might have been the one in 2018." And somebody goes, "Well, aren't you booked?" And he goes, "I'm not ready for this." And I'm like. That's wow. an incredible amount of maturity. Yeah, how many you know? dudes will say that? And we got to see him work on Friday night, and he's he's amazing as a performer. Yeah. I think he's I, I, like I said. Every time I see him, I think he improves in some way, shape, or form. Whether it's his facials, whether it's him slowing down and being and he more says deliberate. That too. Yeah, he's he's. I think he's. I, I think he's great. And if you ever get a chance to hang with him, um, he's very nice, very personable toward the fans. Yeah. He's oh, very. Yeah. He's really thankful and humble for everything that he's got. I think he understands what the business is all about. I think he's in a good spot. <laughs> what was the quote again? <laughs> he said he'd rather be uh, the head of a chicken than a asshole of a cow. Then I was, I was just chatting with him about MLW and maybe what's next and stuff. And I'm not like one of these guys like, Oh, you got to work for WWE or you ain't shit, right, you know, right, I mean, which right. is not, I mean, that, again, that was a dream of another generation or whatever. I think when court Bauer brought back MLW, I was kind of like, I don't know exactly what you're doing. You've run a few shows at the guilt nightclub and, but I see it now, and it's like it's a really good TV show. Um, and he doesn't get enough. I don't think Tor- Cord gets enough credit for kind of helping to rehab Tony Schiavone as well. Yeah, you know, he's part yeah. of the Tony Schiavone Rehab 2019 World Tour um, T-shirt. God has that AEW show missed Tony Schiavone the last two Ooh. weeks. God does it. It's bitch and butcher. Look, b- bitch. God damn, bitch and butcher. Who the Who's bitch and butcher? Just a butcher to baker candlestick bitch, maker. Bitcher butch, butch bitcher. God damn. Tell us that's who is it? Well, they're just a couple of guys, and we've been waiting for them. God damn, that's crazy. Who are they again? Butcher bitch. Bitching. God damn bitch and butcher. Bitch and such friends. Uh, bitch and butcher were not booked at WrestleCade, so I don't know. They had previous engagements. I have no idea. Butcher and the blade. Butcher and blade. Blade, yeah. It's not the, the blade. blade. It's not the blade. No, it's, it's just blade. Yeah, it's not like the sting. It's just it's sting. Like Zorro, the gay blade, which was a good movie. <laughs> was was it George, George, George Hamilton. Hamilton, the great George Hamilton. Um, so yeah, I thought talking to, talking to him was really nice. I thought we had a great conversation with Tennille. Yes, yes. She's uh, and she's lovely and doing well. Didn't get to see her work this weekend. Was not booked this weekend. And I don't really know what's up with her as far as working and stuff like that, but she seemed to be in a good spot. And we talked to about being down in Concord when they debuted her for ROH, mm-hmm. and we were very happy. 
and that was, it was such a surprise and she said it was like the great I said I was getting goosebumps thinking about it and she said me too and she held her arm yeah, out she actually had she goosebumps did. <laughs> she had goosebumps so she was she's super nice and it's great to see her doing well a lot of people in, in it looks like they were in a good brain space I did, there wasn't a lot of like drama or heat or tension Mm-mm. among people like <laughs> when we when we did the the Bruce Mitchell audio show we remembered back to the good old days when the Rock and Roll Express Robert would get mad at Ricky or Ricky get mad at Robert and they'd be on opposite sides of the room and <laughs> like that like, like the Dudleys were this time <laughs> like, yes and we were like well the, even the you know the Rock and Roll the Rock and Roll Express um I don't know what you would call it but they're the, the revival of of those guys they're getting booked all over the place. And I'm telling you, I think they may have had the the loudest pop last night. Man. I think they did at the, at at the, the show super, at the Super Show on Saturday, which was really good. Um, you know, ever since they went in the WWE Hall of Fame, they've done very very well. I think, and they were featured on the the Matt Hardy shit out at the you know the right. com, the final resolution or whatever out that at shit the compound. Was. Yeah, they were they were on that, and then now they're booked uh, on AEW, and now they've been booked on NW Power and. They were uh, worldwide, baby. They sports entertained with Aldous on Saturday night yep, in Winston sure. Salem, and, and I had a, who was every, it against LAX? I think that's right. Yeah, it was. It was fun. It was a really. It was just a, a super fun weekend with a lot of good vibes and stuff. Well, you said this was the most fun you've ever had it. I really did. I, I had just a blast at WrestleCade and, and watching all the wrestlings and just having a good vibe and just catching up with old friends and stuff and people that we've met over the years and kind of picked up in this crazy world. And everybody seemed to be super cool and. It was just a, it's a really good vibe. I mean, there's something about being with your tribe. Like when you go to see your favorite band, everybody's on the same page and we all love the band and shit. And you know, it's just, it's, it's just a cool thing. And that's, that's what, that's what I like about this weekend. And the wrestling was very good and hanging out with people was very good. And I mean, there seems to be some opportunities that weren't there a few years ago for the boys and girls. Women's wrestling seems to be going along really, really well and all that stuff. Big time. So I mean I I mean they the, the women they were the the freaking main event at the super on the super show Saturday that was, night. That was a little bit of there was a little bit of a controversy a drama about that. there. Yeah. So they they are the main event. It's a four way and it's Taya and Jordan Grace and we can't remember the other two girls. Uh it was Rosemary and Sue Young. Sue Young. There it you was go. go. It was going to be Tessa but she couldn't wrestle then Sue Young. So Tessa comes to the place. ring and she's uh saying, "Well, I'm I'm not going to be able to wrestle because the doctor says you know, I need to just chill for a little bit. But I was listening to this guy because I listened to this guy backstage, and uh, he's uh, he was an ECW. He's known for for having a beer in his hand, and he said that uh, women should not be uh, main eventing this event or any other event. And it's, he goes, his explanation was not because I don't trust you guys, so I don't trust the crowd. Well, first of all, I thought that was a work. <laughs> her just you know saying that just to get the crowd going or whatever. Oh know. no, it's a shoot. It's a shoot, brother. Oh, yeah, it became a shoot. Yes, yeah, so. this is a shoot, brother. But I wonder now. I wonder if Sandman said that if he really didn't think that the girls could do it, and he just said that to cover his ass. Oh no, it's not y'all. I just don't trust the fans. There's always like a an element of like well, I just told you guys that so I could fire you up, which is You're like right. kind of whatever. Like the girls would really not perform at their best unless he did something to piss them off. Well, God bless him. You know, it's such a great paternalistic thing, but yeah. it's like. So Jordan Grace decides to go ahead and go on social media and talk about it and stuff. And I get it. I get they they get this shit all the time. I'm sure that it gets pretty tiresome and pretty tedious for them to be like some guy just trying to fuck with them and stuff. But honestly, who gives a shit what Sandman thinks? No shit. And he's, he's got zero impact over anything. He doesn't book anything. I know it's a, an attitude and it's a problem and it's very annoying, but it's not going to impact your life, ladies. Right. It's not. When's the, when's the next time you'll run into fucking Sandman? And and let's not capitalize. Let's not try to, you know, emphasize the negative stuff that's going on. There's always going to be some negative shit about women's wrestling or you or whatever. Just you guys had a great match and people were very entertained by it. Nobody had a problem with it closing the show. I don't care if, right. if that guy... You and know. it's okay if Tessa comes out and says all that because it probably just happened or something and it was fresh on her the, mind. Like, well, you got to say something about that. If you don't say something, I will. I don't know if somebody did that or what, but it's like, it just, ah, yeah. it just gets, I, I, and, and I understand. I mean, I, I do really sympathize with them because, look, if I heard that shit all the time, I'd probably get oh, pissed man. off about it too. Yes, and I'd probably get yes. under my skin and I'd tweet about it and stuff. But who, nobody cares about Sandman's lucky to be alive. Sandman probably should have died at least 10 years ago. Who gives a shit if he goes backstage and says something about that? About He's not booking the card. He's not paying you. He's not paying your bills. He has nothing to do. He's not going to be booking or not booking you in another territory or another show. No. 
So I, I, I just hope that these ladies don't get consumed by this. I saw Jordan say that she was going to get off social media for a while, for like a month, which I think was planned because she's taking some time off or whatever. But man, I just, I, you don't need to let that stuff consume you because you can always be able to find the negativity. And again, I get it because I'm sure they run into this shit all the time and it's really like, oh God, another, yeah, another asshole, asshole guy yeah. telling me that I shouldn't close the show and women's wrestling is not as good as men's. Blah, 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 blah. blah. All this shit. But you know, I, I look at these, I look at those women in particular and I think Jordan, Specifically, she's got so many good things going for her right now. Oh, I mean, yeah. She's, she's an amazing performer. Um, that controversy she had with Cornette earlier in the year, it seems like she had a lot of sympathy for herself over that and turned that into a big win for herself. She's not the traditionally skinny person, woman in wrestling, but she's still getting over. She's still really attractive. She still has a lot of fans, and they, they love the style of wrestling that she represents. Now, I don't watch Impact like I used to, so yeah. I, th- this may be a thing That's for the her. negative in her life, <laughs> Yeah, working for that company. But I don't know if you noticed last night, but on her introduction, they gave her weight. That's interesting. Because I remember he said... At a weight of 150 pounds or 159 pounds, yeah, 50 something. I don't believe that, by the way. I'm, no, I'm no. going to say that's not accurate, yeah, and, it, no. and it doesn't. I don't care one way or the other. But maybe that's like the maybe that's like when they maybe, maybe it, that's, when they introduce Andrew Everett as being seven foot yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's, that's the gimmick. Maybe that's the whole thing. <laughs> I don't know, and I don't. And I don't care if she weighs 180 yeah. or 190 or two. It doesn't matter. I, I, to don't, me. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. Yeah, it's just the fact of they announced it. I just it's thought it weird. Was, yeah, I don't know if that's again. I don't know that, that Scott. Got Demore, not got, yeah, have him denounce your weight as 150. It'll get you great heat. And I was like, fuck you. But that 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 was one of the controversial things, I guess, that came out of the weekend. But I I, I just I, I just can't put that much energy into oh my god, Sandman said what? I just I and I'm yeah, I know and I'm I know I'm not them. Right, I, right, I, right. I, and I know that you know, but sometimes don't don't take this the wrong way. Sometimes you just look for reasons to get pissed off about stuff. You know, there are people who do that and don't just like, oh, there it is. There's my opening. I can get pissed now. You know, why? What's the point? Well, I, I get it. And, and and some people just have, you know, a, a hair trigger on that more than others. And and there's some and, and I don't know. Sometimes I see some people on, on social media who. Uh, this some some guy will say something derogatory to him and they'll they'll you know and had another guy say something derogatory to me about being a female today blah 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 that's just typical guy stuff typical guy no it's not typical guy no, stuff no, it's not do that's, that the, shit, that's the part that, that when i i'm like all right you run into it a lot i get it it shouldn't happen it's it is pervasive in society but you know at the same time no we all don't think that you like if i pay for your dinner that you should blow me or whatever right. that, that's not and i don't God. i don't feel like if you're walking by i should be able to like either wolf whistle at you or grab your ass i don't that, that's not right I was and I was telling you uh, I was telling you this. I'm I'm really super careful about when we're taking pictures with these women because the the people I wanted to take pictures with were both women this year. Right. I want I wanted to kneel and I wanted Camille. I got both of them. And I was very I'm very conscious about where I touch. And then you're looking at the Instagram and the guy's got his hand on Camille's ass and I'm like, oh, just plain as day, man. What are you doing? Why does it? Don't you? I don't know what happened to me, but around around the age of 45, that shit, which things that might have seemed hot at some point started turning creepy. Like, you know, like, right. And it's not right. I'm not right. even talking about that. I'm talking about I would see I would be driving around a lot of college campuses, in, especially in the springtime when the girls were wearing no clothes at all. And at some point, maybe around 42 or 43, I'd be like, say, and then around 45, 46, I'm like, put, put some clothes on. But <laughs> so. It turned from it just went to into creepyville for me, right? Yeah, yeah. As you as you begin to realize that these women are young enough to be your daughter, you know, it happens for most of us normal people, right? It does, and I just I I, I don't want to be another dick, uh, you know, paying paying the money to go to Camille and, and grabbing a handful of cheek because it's just it's stupid, it's it's disgusting, and it's not hot, and nobody wins, and it's not your you know you don't you don't have a right to that. That's no, not your obligation. Hell no. Shit. And, I, and the same thing is true of, of Tennille. I'm mean, sure she's had a number of creepy instances and stuff. But I I don't want to be that. I don't want that impression. I try so hard when I talk to these yes. females and wrestling yes. ladies to come across as not 
a fucking yeah, asshole, exactly. geek, motherfucker. You know, I, I I probably come off the whole, total wrong way, but in my mind, I'm trying to come across as yeah. I'm not the typical person that you're that you think of or whatever. But for most of them, it's like yes, you're obviously very attractive. There aren't that many ugly women in wrestling. There no, just aren't. It's no. just, I mean, and you you look There's good not. on television and stuff like that. We're all now we got that out of the way. You know, let's have a conversation. Let's relate to each other as people. I enjoyed this, and again, that was a great. It was a great conversation with both of them and uh who were some of the other people that you met and enjoyed on on saturday uh cage uh, he was a good dude really nice guy yeah super he, nice guy i really wanted to talk to him about lucha underground but it was like right when we were leaving and yeah. and stuff so i just kind of forgot well, i did tell him he was a very lucky man yes considering yes. his wife and i showed him the picture of Mel- me and melissa santos yes. a few years ago and he, oh, he such got, a, his, got a kick out of that she's such a sweetheart so fantastic um and who else did you who else? uh kiera hogan she was pretty cool she's fantastic one of the, I thought one of the breakout stars of the weekend. Yeah, she looked real good in the ring. Fantastic. Boys and one. I'm telling you. Oh she, my god. The women. I thought the women's match actually on Friday may have been better than I liked it. Maybe more than the one on Saturday. The I think the so. Show. Yeah. yeah, I think. Well, some. Of, I'll tell you the, the one. Yeah, but they're both really good. You know, they were both really good. But the one thing I didn't like about the one Saturday night was the the one with Rosemary and the one Tessa was supposed to be in. The, when they got on the floor and started doing all the shit on the floor and the mm-hmm. audience and the crowd. You can't unless you were in the first three rows. You couldn't see shit. That was problematic. And I and a lot of people, other people were getting upset too that, that couldn't because they were on there for a long time. It wasn't just a knock them out on the floor and pop them in the head with a chair or something and get back in the ring. They were just like sprawling, you know, sprawling yeah. all over the floor, and you just couldn't see them. And it was just it was a mess. But I mean that you know that's not it really didn't take away from the match itself you just couldn't see but 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 other than that you know who was yeah, the I'm with you on the who Friday was the night. sumo guy from impact that you oh Falaba Falaba is fantastic Falaba was great good man. guy and he was like super nice guy and that we were talking about that because he was only charging like five, five bucks, bucks or something he went the Matt Hardy route it's those people particularly those guys who either have not been in the business all that long or on their way up or you know that's the guys you really want to yeah. like support because you know they that they appreciate it and they need it and you know they need a little bit of boost i know and i almost felt guilty just giving him five bucks to be honest i, lo- I love barry windham but is is another 20 bucks in barry windham's pocket going to mean anything oh geez i hope he gets out there and gets booked in AEW. it doesn't mean it's anything not, yeah, i'm sorry yeah. he doesn't need it right, i, I right. loved barry windham was one of my favorite they, they started calling me barry windham in high school because i was like talk about him all the time and all this shit damn you should got your picture made with him then. no he's I, I love barry but um you know it, those are the guys that you want to support, like the Kira Hogan's, the up and comers, yes, the yeah, people like if yeah. you want to support, like hey, I'm doing something right. People like what I'm doing, and this is going to be you know, part, parting with money is how we show our appreciation for stuff, and, and helping people out like that is great. So I mean, that was really cool. I enjoyed all of that. Well, pretty much all the people we talked to like that were, I don't, some of them were more up and coming than others. Like Cage, I mean, he's he he may have. I don't think he's reached his peak or anything, no. but he's still kind of up and coming. He's well established to to an extent, he's, yeah. But a yeah. lot of a lot of people have not seen him, right? You know, right. So he's got a high ceiling still, right? And you can say that, you know, I can say about Pillman and, and Camille too, for that matter. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Camille's getting more and more exposure, and I think she's only going to do more and more and be better and better. She's she's just an amazing performer. Um, everybody was super cool to talk to, and just like I said, the vibe w- was very very cool. Um, I think, you know, Tracy has addressed some of the problems and issues in the past. They did not have wrestling matches going on during the vending and all this, all that stuff. I'm so glad they don't do that anymore. Which was great. Um, you know, the log jams they used to have with the cross currents and you right. could, that just the flows way it's better. A, it's a bigger room yeah. without the wrestling. And it it's, just, it's, it's just amazingly different. It is. And I'm, I'm glad that they did all of that. Um, the one grievance I still had that I, that I told you guys about you and Rich and, and, and Bruce that, <clears throat> I hadn't really said anything because I understand that wrestlers and the wrestling folks come there and they see each other that they hadn't seen each other in some of them in years and and they kind of have a little reunion of some sorts just within themselves, you know, with old friends and so so. But the problem I have is like perfect example yesterday was when we were trying to talk to Melina. Very hard. Trying very hard to give Melina some money. I'm so trying to give her, you know, is the money yes exactly and and she wouldn't even look my way oh my god but people kept coming up to her not people who were wanting to get an autograph or a picture or whatever it was like buddies and friends of hers exactly and and they were holding up other people from i mean and and it's not like okay i get if you want to come up and say hey how you doing a quick you know catch up with you later with you later so but they were going on and on and on and on and on and on and i'm like okay 
time to go. And that's when I just said, fuck it. Yeah, I'm going to say hello to Cage and let's get the hell out of here. That was, it was, that was really hard for her. I mean, they weren't doing her any favors. That, she wasn't doing all. herself any favors. Well, I mean, she uh, some of the blame's on her because she didn't make a point to look around to see if anybody was... Because I was obviously... It wasn't like I was standing over in the corner. No, no, no. I was less than five feet from her. Correct. And it was I was towering over her at, at points. You it know? was, yeah. And and I guess she thought I was just there waiting on somebody to meet somebody. I don't know what the hell she thought, but I don't know. That's why but, it's always good when you have like somebody there if they if they come with a handler so they can yeah. kind of negotiate the traffic yeah, and all yeah, that exactly, stuff. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. but I'm not trying to say that's a problem with every single person. But now and again, yeah. you run across that, and and I just as a as a fan, I, I just I, I just think it's not very. Fan friendly. It doesn't to do seem it like to be. That. Yeah, we were, uh, and Bruce Mitchell was hosting the Arn Show on Saturday night, and also the World Class Memories. We were not at the Arn Show, but we understand everybody had a really good time <clears throat> and enjoyed themselves. And we did go to the World Class Memories, which I thought was really I great. Loved it. It was really good. I, to, did you like that or Smoky Mountain better? I was just trying to compare the two. Smoky was more relevant to me, but I really thought this panel was really. They were very appreciative of the crowd and everything. Right. And when you think about it, you know, since the, the year since um, since that promotion, since World Class went down in USWA after that, it's been a long time. It's been 25, oh, yeah. 30 years, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And people are still talking about it and people still have memories of it and want to relive the good old days. And, you know, some of those people on that stage were, were big stars and some of them were not really big stars but everybody wanted to to be a part of it and talk about it and cool everything so i thought the the love of that was really good um i like the smoky one too uh i think maybe i did like this one better i think i like this one better i i, I enjoyed some of the laughs from smoky mountain wrestling some yeah of, there were some of, crazy things that went on but i i was i was just a big i, I love smoky mountain wrestling but i love world-class championship wrestling even more right and, and i was just excited to see it so i'm probably biased in that fact in, sure. in that factor you know just why i like it better but i just think i don't know it just seems like i'm not saying the smoky mountain guys weren't engaged but i think the world-class guys were a little bit more engaged in in in, in trying to you know talk about relevant things and talk about fan appreciation they, they kind of covered all bases you know what i'm saying they did and it, it was and they made some great points about it just being a unique moment in time it's never going to happen again um you know some of we came in the room and they were already on the stage and some of those people we, we didn't know who they were I, I wouldn't have been able to pick jimmy garvin out of a lineup no shit that was the funniest thing no i don't think anybody would i don't think anybody like us that hadn't seen him in a while would never know that was him. Now, I was very excited about hearing from Eric Embry. Oh, yes. And Eric Embry was not allowed to talk because Black Bart pretty much took over at <laughs> a certain point on that. And Black Bart did say some interesting and some provocative things, which I really enjoyed. Well, but, but he I, got on a roll and wouldn't stop. He wouldn't stop. And I, I, But I, I wanted to hear specifically from Eric Embry. And then after the show was over, we were able to break off into a little group. And I was able to talk to him about some of the stuff he talked about on Jerry Jarrett's podcast and on Stone Cold's podcast. Mm-hmm. And in particular, I said, well, you had a little love fest there with Jerry Jarrett, but I, I don't recall it being so lovely when you overpaid the card at the Sportatorium by $300. And he gave you that look like, mm-hmm. Man, I did. Jerry Jarrett pretty mad at me. You thought I, you know, you thought I stole his kidney. <laughs> and uh, so that was fun talking to him and talking now, about He Bro- was another good dude. What a good dude he is. Fantastic. Man. And he, he, we talked about Brody in Puerto Rico because I still think of all the stories that I've heard and all the different perspectives that I've heard on the Bruiser Brody story, whether it be Tony Atlas or Dutch Mantel or whoever has told it. I think his is the to me the most complete and the most interesting about the context of Puerto Rico, what was happening at the office, um, about um brody coming in and beating up invader all the time and invader begging uh embry not to book him with uh, brody and, and brody saying fuck that guy i'm gonna just beat him up anytime anyway and i i thought all of that stuff was was pretty fascinating and then there were t- he wasn't on uh, the dark side of wrestling or whatever it was called right no he wasn't or that or gino right no he would they, he wasn't you know they 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 stuck with dutch and they stuck with tony because eric and, and to be fair eric was not there when it happened he was right, not right, in Puerto right. Rico yeah. when it happened. He was he was back in in Oklahoma or Texas mm-hmm. when all of that happened. 
but he had some unique perspective on it. Right. And then right. I, I reminded Eric, I said, oh, so the guys in the office that speak Spanish didn't think you knew any Spanish. He, he kind of yeah, 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 yeah. gave you that sly smile. I was like, yeah. Cause I've, you know, like I said, I've listened to that Stone Cold with him several times because it's really, I could go back and listen to it again tonight because it's very interesting to hear him talk about the stuff in Puerto Rico and having to dye his hair black to go out in public and how the ambulance drivers were getting drunk and going out and trying to find customers so they could make some money in Puerto Rico <laughs> and how difficult it was when they would throw live rats on you and it all of that shit is great so it was great to break away afterwards and he was very nice and accommodating to us and he signed some things and w- was talking to us for a while and i think he had a i think he had a good time and a good weekend because he wasn't a part of a lot of those reunions over the years right right and he starts coming back and i'm Al Perez too. I Al mean, Perez. I, looked, I think, Al know, Perez looked wonderful, by the way. Yeah, he. You know, he reminded me of. And I'm not saying he looked. He was a spitting image, but just his general look. He kind of reminded me of a tan Shawn Michaels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I can see that actually. You know? I can see that. That's funny. He and Nicola uh, Baby Doll were kind of at the end of the panel, and Black Bart was on there. The director from Dallas TV was talking about that, and he was talking about. I mean, that's a big deal directing the bad street video and how they did that and everything that, yeah. that was a that was a real yeah. watershed moment in professional wrestling no, yeah no doubt so the, those guys talked about that Embry was there jimmy garvin was there i'm trying to remember who else was uh, there uh manning was there rick manning was there james beard um, james Ripper. beard and they alfonso was in the audience they they singled bill alfonso out as being a fantastic referee and a guy that you can give a finish to, he could run to both locker rooms and it could be a six or seven move finish and he would always get it right every Having time. time, yeah. And, and uh, uh, so, uh, one of the fantastics, which one was it? Not was it Fulton? Tom, it was Fulton, yeah, not not Rogers. <clears throat> so all of those guys were. Uh, they told some wonderful stories and some crazy stuff, and it's very difficult for me. You can't tell the Dallas and the WCCW story without telling the story of the Von Ericks. But you also, I, I would I would appreciate it more, and I wish there was some way to delve into the, the Von Erich story without it being so dark and heavy and with death and everything. But that's that's kind of unrealistic. Well, I just think it it just kind of led itself that way. I, the 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 just the progression of the way they were talking about the Von Erichs. I don't think anybody intended on on it being that way because it kind of started out. You know, with a couple of the guys going, well, I had Kerry. You had to deal with Kevin in the yeah, ring. You know, yeah, yeah, I had to deal with Kevin in the ring. But you got David. You know, David was. You know, but funny stories. There's all sorts of great stories about Kevin missing spots and hurting guys because either. <laughs> Air conditioners kicked on, or somebody opened a door, and a draft <laughs> came a, in. And it blew he him. must be—he must weigh like a buck oh five, man—to hear those stories, having wind blow him around like that. And I—I I don't know if you could ever go back in time and isolate a, um, a moment where it all went wrong, but maybe when David died was when it That's was like the, it they seemed kind of, everything kind of just—and I don't know that I don't know if the things were great before then, but that t- kind of intensified. Well, I think they kind of insinuated of that yeah. along the way, you know. But I, I wish there was a way to do a panel like that. Like, can we talk about some good things about the Von Erichs? What do you remember good about Carrie and about the, the Von Erichs and stuff? And I don't know that. <clears throat> well, er- Embry said some good stuff. You know, he's talking about how Fritz helped him out. And, he did. He did say know. some things about Fritz. And, and Fritz helped him out so much he had to actually live in the sportatorium there at the end because he owed him so much money. Yeah. Uh, no, but he was. See, there I go. <laughs> no, I, I just. You could wish, have the whole sportatorium to yourself. From what I gather. I don't know that the, you know, I don't know that the Von Erich boys really appreciated that the reason that they were such stars is because they had all of these people making them look good and booking them correctly. You know, I yeah. think they just felt like, oh, we're stars and everybody really owes us. And like they said, when the Freebird thing came to town, that that territory just blew up. Oh, yeah. Oh, Freebirds against Von Erichs could draw money from here to Mars. I mean, it, w- it was just impossible not to. I, it, it's reminiscent of some of these <coughs> some of these movie stars that think, oh, I'm, I'm the big star and people come to the movies because of me. Well, you have a director, a cinematographer, you got makeup people, you got lighting people, you got audio people. All of these people kind of make you a star. Right. And in wrestling, it's especially because these guys, you're not really hitting people and beating the shit out of them. They're making it look like that. So you need to really kind of appreciate the fact that these people are putting you, as we say in the business, over. Uh, but I don't know if the Von Erich boys ever kind of I don't know if that was ever embedded into their heads. I don't know if Fritz goes. Fritz said, "Boy, they made you look good tonight." You know, <laughs> I just don't get that idea. And the other, the other mythology thing is, I think it's become somewhat of conventional wisdom that 
Kevin wasn't quite as involved in. I'm coughing a little bit tonight. Hang on a second. <coughs> I'm fine now. Uh, Kevin was uh, to me. It seems like kind of either puts himself over or is seen as somewhat of the Boy Scout of the bunch. Yeah. And we, we heard this story about him being in a, a match where he was out of his mind and eventually turned purple and actually died in the ring yes. uh, before he could be revived. Uh, and then Black Bart damn near had to break character and break kayfabe to start doing CPR on him. And then Brody grabbed the, the photographer's camera and then started stomping on it, destroyed the film so that it could never be shared with the world. That's how serious they were about um, protecting kayfabe. So the mythology about Kevin not being quite as bad as Carrie and, and the rest of them, eh, not so much. That was nice of uh, Fritz to thank them for saving his, his son's life, too. Wasn't that was it? The, the quote from his, I understand you helped my boy out and I appreciate it, but he didn't really need your help. So, damn. Fritz, Fritz von Erich pretty shitty father a fairly shitty father just looking from the outside i would say yeah i mean like chris benoit is in a, a league of his own as far as the shittiest wrestling fathers of all time i think there's another level there and i think uh you know fritz von eric he yeah he, he's definitely in that category and the somewhere. proof is in the pudding on that one i mean he was just absolutely in denial about the boys and all that stuff so that, that was kind of the sort of stuff that we were hearing about in Dallas and in Jimmy Garvin telling some funny stories about the Freebirds apartment and taking all their what you would think probably taking all their furniture and burning it Terry Gordy <laughs> had the key to the apartment remember now <laughs> Eric his foot Eric Embry said that you know when Jimmy had those two girls and they were fighting because he, he was trying to book against me he said damn that was that was hot as shit he said that thing was on fire oh yeah oh so, god yeah I remember that shit <laughs> you have to really admire Eric Embry over the years you know he didn't have a spectacular body he didn't have a great face some bitch if he couldn't get himself over though in some way shape or form now in mexico is he, he got the mexican guys to work his style he got them to sell for him and so the gringo got to make the you know they wanted to see the gringo get his ass kicked and stuff so but i don't know how he did it but he, he was absolutely able to put himself over and now he explained when the uswa thing happened uh, he didn't push himself, but Jerry wanted him to be the lead babyface because he could trust him. Mm-hmm. He knew he'd show, he knew show up for work, and he was doing the books and he all was that other stuff. One man band, pretty much. He was doing all of that stuff, so he he didn't really want to push himself, but that's what Jerry wanted. And then I I mentioned to Eric, I said, well, that you know that Redman deal it paid for about half of the deal in going in with Fritz mm-hmm. once he got Redman Tobacco on that wrestling mat in Dallas. It really kind of helped pay for the whole thing. They did the Redman Challenge, and they were able to right. kind of kind of pay for shit like that. So. The the WCCW thing was really very interesting and um, a little disappointed. Iceman didn't show up. I wish that would have happened. You know, I I wish somehow some way they would have come up with the money to get Michael P. S. Hayes in there. But yeah, that didn't happen, and you can't. You know, that. well, since Iceman didn't show up and Wild Bill Irwin canceled, I figured they would have some money. You know, some, some floating around there, some floating around to give to Hayes to take his place, take their place. It's it's it was it was really fun, uh, and I always keep wondering year after year. It's like, well, it's going to be the year they don't draw so well, and he kind of and I, that was kind of wasn't that the thing like about three or four years ago that Tracy was going to be like we didn't do so well, and then maybe he was going to fold up ten, and not do it anymore. Do you remember yeah. any thought any like kind of rumblings about that? I, I just thought he was it was going to be the last year. It was like teasing, saying it was going to be the last year of WrestleCade. I thought and, so, and but I I don't really recall there no. ever being a down year. All of them I, look about the same to me. Summer this one was a really good. Good one. Uh, the, the thing Friday night was sold out. The thing Friday night was very. The thing Saturday night usually there's a few seats there, but that Saturday thing was, night was, was yeah, huge it like as well. It was sold out too. Um, I would say that to, for us when we talked about this beforehand, some of the stars from the weekend from that we saw working the Jim Nasty Boys were a real eye opener oh, for me. Man. Those me guys too. are me fantastic. Too, uh, I don't know if you ever had a chance to see those guys work, but they are really fantastic. Yeah, they're they're great. Was I mean, it White Mike? Is that the one guy? Yeah, yeah he can really work his ass off. Yeah, and um, and such nice dudes too. Oh yeah, and they just you could tell they love what they're doing, and that just makes it so much better. We also got the, the Dawsons were in action on Saturday night as well. Yeah, I had to say something to them too about how much I enjoy seeing them. Man, those guys are great on Power. Oh, they're, they're yeah, man. Sky's the limit for those dudes. Uh, Matt Cross, who I, I we'd seen before, and I'd seen him work on many different occasions, but on Friday night and Saturday night, the guy was really good. Dude, man, he's just he's just something else. He just the guy just kills me. Um, I don't know. We could talk a little bit about the wrestling that we saw on television this week, but I don't know if there was that on that so long ago. I know. Well, the the SmackDown thing, I I did. Uh, I mean, the the outfit Sasha Banks was wearing was the highlight of SmackDown. Oh my god. Um, 
and there seems to be we're we're trying to figure out what was happening at the end of SmackDown with Daniel Bryan and him ripping the hair out. I think that was his beard. I think that's what he was ripping off. Was I the still beard. think we needed some skin attached to the the freaking hair though. It could have been the hair too. He may come out like with a shaved head and, and clean, shaven. clean shaven. And he may be doing the Wyatt family gimmick again. Maybe no. I don't know. Come on. Remember the last time that this happened? It was happened like three weeks or four weeks, and then Triple H got Vince on the plane and goes, uh, Triple H, it's not working. Can we cycle out of this? And they did. Real fast. Very quickly, they got out of it. And that was that was Hunter directly intervening to try to fix it. Um, that rap video was mm. another I'm embarrassed to be a wrestling fan moment, and I uh, it was ah, dreadful. Yeah. Uh, Corbin with some new merch, which I don't give a shit about. No. I don't even want to talk to anybody who ever buys, buys a Baron Corbin t-shirt ever again. Uh, and Bruce Mitchell did make it clear he would never buy a Baron Corbin t-shirt. I was t-shirt. proud not, of him for saying that. Not even to troll people. Um, But yeah, and again, another year at WrestleCade where we did not see a single Roman Reigns t-shirt or hmm. hat hmm. or backpack hmm. or panties or anything. But you know what we did see? A 10-mile-long line to get Enzo's autograph. I have to just address the wrestling fans of the world. and I usually I'm going to sit back and enjoy this. What the fuck? What the fuck did he fuck? We have people, and, and I, I understand some weird shit happened. Like, apparently, the, we've forgiven Rich Swan. I don't understand how. <coughs> I, don't know, I don't know exactly when that happened. And what was that promo he was cutting over there while we were doing the... Uh, he's doing something for somebody. I don't know what it was. He's, he's, he, that guy, he's, he's a mark for himself. So, uh, Rich Swan on the show on Friday, they play all night long by Lionel Richie. He, his ring entrance is like the three minutes and 45 seconds of the song. Every note. All of it. Every single note of Not that Not the album version, song. but he, they faded at the end. And it's 345 or 415, whatever it is. And we're all dancing and people are chanting in the crowd during the match, All night long. It's All like night. that's what they're doing. Weird. So push that to the side. We're going around the room and we're like big line for Shiki Baby. Mm-hmm. Understandable. And, and Sergeant Slaughter there, yeah, with him. So yeah. <clears throat> it's understandable. Shiki Baby doesn't go to a lot of these things. You don't get the opportunity to have the picture taken with Slaughter and Shiki Baby. And if anybody's seen the documentary, uh by any measure, the Sheik's story is the great American success story. It really is. Right. <clears throat> Made something of himself. Um, <coughs> coached, you know, all, all the stuff that he did. Everybody knows. Big line for him. Big line for the Freebirds. Yep, yep. Got no issue. No. It's fine. Of course, Freebirds, huge. One of the most over-tagged teams ever. You know, a chance to see, see them together. Get I'm fine with it. We go around the room, and there's like 20 deep for fucking Enzo Amore. And I don't understand it and it took me you know the thing about it was i was like look at this line is, I, I couldn't figure out who it was for what is and this I'm like, for i'm like enzo are you fucking kidding me i do not i i mean i'd like to just divorce the the scumbag part the potentially possibly maybe a little bit illegal part of his life which i don't know if he was ever charged with anything I'm, i don't want to put that out there because i'm going to make a speech about somebody else who wasn't charged with anything in just a little bit just shove that to the side He's uh, a complete scumbag. Terrible, awful. Put that over here. Did he really do that much shit in the ring that makes you want to line up 20 deep to get your picture taken with this asshole? No, because he just rocked back and forth on his fucking feet. That's all is he there, did. Is there really anything in that tremendous, oh, I don't know, 18-month run, two-year run, uh, that makes you think, uh, yeah, yeah, I was going to go f- put the 20 bucks over with the Rock and Roll Express. This is my guy. What the fuck? And it was like no line for the rest. I don't. I don't understand that. And I know. I, I, I don't like to because we're all. And I, I. I said this on um, Saturday. People were lining up an hour and a half before the matches. I'm like, you know, I think it's something we all do is we make fun of wrestle geeks. Like, oh, that guy's way geekier. We're, we're all geeks in some way because we get into it and we're still liking it and we get into the back scene, back uh, stage stuff and the newsletter shit and all that. But really, what the fuck? Why are you why are you doing this? Why are you why are you people lining up for this asshole? I don't get it. I don't understand. And it's not only that, it's not like he's even a hot property anymore. He's been off of TV for what a year now? I don't get it at all. Like there there are certain people there and I I don't understand why people are fans of them. Okay, that's fine. That's that's one thing. 
but this guy, this is the guy that we're going to line up 20 deep for. I, when we were in Charlotte back in 2010 and there was this huge line for Shane Douglas and I'm like, okay, I was a huge ECW mark back in the day and I get it. I wouldn't do it now. I don't care, Mm -mm. but I get it. I see why there's this huge line for, for Shane Douglas. I see why there's this huge line for Hacksaw Duggan. I get it. I don't, I don't in any way understand the Enzo Amore thing whatsoever in this room full of people that are so much better than him, have contributed a lot more to the business than he has, have been better than, than him on the microphone, in the ring, in their lives, putting on their tights. I don't understand why anybody is like, well, I got I to line up for this shit. This is the stuff that drives me nuts about wrestling fans, is that that shit, that is so inexplicable. That people would have, they would have this huge line for fucking Enzo Amore. I don't, but I, just like I told you, man, it's it's bad enough that the fucker's even there. I can, and much I even, less. I didn't even see it like in the South in Winston Salem. I thought again, this may be just complete geographical bigotry on my case, but I thought, well, a wrestling show in Passaic, New Jersey, or something. Sure, maybe they'll line up fifty deep for this guy. I don't know, Philly. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But here in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, you fuckers are lining up for this asshole? I can't. I just, it's, it's, it drives me nuts. As, as, as Casey Kasem said, it's ponderous, man. It's pon- you Sometimes the wrestling fans put the kick me sign on their own back. A lot of times, and it's a lot, it's not just the people making the stupid arguments against Dave Milster. Huh, you just love WWE. Everything you just hate WWE. You're on the payroll for Vince and for the cons. It's not just that shit, but it's also this shit. When you have a tangible way to support wrestling, and I'm not saying you have to do what I just said as far as like here's an up and comer who hasn't been booked a lot, been in the business for a little while, and give them your 10 bucks for a picture, it can be a legend. It can be Bill Eady, okay? It can be, you know, Bill Eady did a lot of shit in his career and, and helped out people and was a great performer. Right. It doesn't have to be necessarily, you know, an up-and-comer who is just trying to get booked on the indie circuit or, you know, if it's Akira Hogan or if it's Tessa or somebody like that. But fucking Enzo? You're going to put money in that dude's pocket? I mean, the quote was, I have a million Instagram followers. Bitch, you should be begging for this dick. That's the quote. This is the guy that you line up for? I don't understand it. And I'm not even like, I'm not even doing the cancel culture of the woke thing on this guy. Because, frankly, there's a lot of other scumbags in wrestling, you know. But really, honestly, let's go ahead and grab Buck, Rock and Roll Buck Zoomhoff, see if we can put him up somewhere, and maybe we can get a big line for his ass next year. Team him up with some art bar. That'd be great. I don't. I, I just don't understand it. I don't. That that drove me, and I kept I kept waiting for like, well, next time we come around the room, there won't be anybody there. No, nope. maybe like three or four. Every nope. time. Every time. Every fuck. What is it with you people? I don't know, man. And you got you got fucking. The NWA World Heavyweight Champion over there for twenty bucks, you you know get whatever. Looking like a million dollars. Looking like, Looking like a, a championship million dollars. I'm yes. telling you, he's the English Ric Flair. That that motherfucker is the English Ric Flair, dressed to the nines, dancing three quarter time. That motherfucker is great. He is everything that a champion should be. And y'all want to go over there and and talk to the denim shithead? I do. I do not get that. God, I, he just—he looks so homeless, man. I mean, he, he looks dreadful. He works dreadful. His promos are not that good. I do not, will not, cannot. That was to me one of the most disappointing things. I didn't let it ruin my weekend, but no. it did stick in my craw a little bit. That you people who paid good money like I did to get into that damn and you decided, well, I got to line up for this fucker. I don't. I just don't understand what is going on. I see that, and I feel. I feel so much better about getting my picture made with Fala Ball. You should. The, the the people that you should be supporting. I mean, again, I mean, we're being really judgmental. All right. I don't mean to the be The Brian Pillman Juniors of the world and the Kira Hogans and the Fala Ball and all of those people and Camille. Yes, those are the people that I want to support. And like I said, it's okay if you give your money to Bill Eady. It's okay if you give your money to Barry Windham. It's okay if you give your money to the Rock and Roll Express. That's fine. But to give your money to that dick... Well, can I say something? I didn't say this because I, I just didn't think about it till now. But something it, it, it kind—I don't think it offsets the Enzo thing, but it, it kind of—I don't know—it kind of eases the the pain a little bit. Is looking over there in the corner and seeing nobody in fucking line to get Bubba Ray's autograph. Yeah, I don't—I don't like that guy. I don't, I don't either. I don't like that guy. I'm done with him. He's an ass. 
And Bubba's in one corner and like Devon's in the other, right? Yeah. yeah. Total opposite side uh, of the room. That was weird. But, you know, and you remember that time I, I got that picture and tweeted it out from Martinsville, you and I with uh, mm-hmm. Dudley's. Mm-hmm. And Devon, we tagged both of them. Mm-hmm. Devon tweeted back, when was this? When was this made? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Didn't hear shit from Bully Ray. Well, he was a little, I mean, he was, I would say, a little abrupt with me at that meeting. Because we were, he was talking, now, I, and I'm not, I wasn't pissed at him, I didn't think he was a dick, he was talking to some kid about Motley Crue or something, and he was trying to quiz him if they were a big Motley Crue fan, and they had just come back from Japan, I said, well, how'd you like Japan? He goes, oh, that's good, have you ever been there? I'm like, oh, shit, okay. <laughs> the, 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 the milk of human kindness is not flowing. Um, but he was, I mean, it's okay, I don't, I don't like take that personally or anything, because, you know, shit, they're out there, people, do you know, I used to be in radio, Really? Yeah. Sometimes we. Some people. That's this, never come up. This is crazy, and none of you will believe this. But there were times when people would want to come out to a certain event, and they would want to meet meet, meet me. No. And this will even surprise You're you more. Us. This this will surprise you even more. I wasn't always great to those people every single time that that happened. I I refuse to believe this. <laughs> I, I wasn't for whatever reason. Maybe I maybe I had a zit on my ass that day. Maybe I just gotten in a we fight. We all wake up on the wrong side of the bed <laughs> sometimes. Right. I just had a fight with my significant other or I know and I was that during the world tour? Yeah, it was during no, that was <laughs> during the war the kicked out of the house world tour. Um which getting fired from a radio job was really kind of the accelerant into that when that would be the kind of the what? That was the that was the David Von Erich death of the, the, that kind of just kind of greased the skids for a lot of bad shit that came after. So I understand that if some of these people are not having a great day. Now, when you're in a situation like we were in, in that room where people are signing, it can be very stressful. When you're looking at um, a Robert Fuller and a Buckhouse Buck, Jimmy Golden, and there aren't a lot of people coming to see them, mm-hmm. well... That's not great. And I don't care if you've been in the business 100 years and you don't give a shit. It's still not great. And, and Hacksaw. Hacks, not a lot of people were lining up for Hacksaw. I saw there were several people like that. And I, I and almost I, feel bad for them. You know, it's not great. And I don't, I don't care. Again, you have to have some sympathy for these people. Again, you got in the business for whatever reason. And, you know, uh, you know you've had your good days and bad right. days. But it's still, you're there. And it's kind of uh, not well, great. Well, here's, it's kinda, the, well here's, the, here's the thing, man. And I, and I think it has a lot to do with this. It's the fact of what we're talking about early, and we talk about it all the time when we when we do stuff like this. Is the price that some of these cats charge for a picture and, and stuff like that? When when you got a room full of superstars like that, and and you you know most most people like you and I, they don't have five hundred dollars to go in there and you know toss around to to get your picture made with every single person in there. You got to pick and choose. So when you know, ninety percent of the people are charging twenty bucks and above. Right. I mean, Al Snow gets, you know, put down way on the list. I of, would say so. You know, I would and, say you're and, right about that and, and shit like that. Tony so, Atlas may not be in your top five yeah, anymore. Two Cold Scorpio might not be yeah, at the top of the list that's right. anymore. That's right. So, I you know, if these guys and I get they some of them they they might legit need the money, you know, mm-hmm. but. God dang! We always turn back to the Matt Hardy thing, you know. When I said that about he, when Fallaball went Matt Hardy earlier, what I meant by that was a couple of years ago when we went, mm-hmm. and 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 you had Hardy sign your Survivor Series chair from that year, uh, and Booker T. That was cool. But Hardy was everybody else, like I said, charging twenty twenty. That was the year Flair was there charging a hundred dollars a it pop. Was, absolutely, for a it was fucking picture. That's exactly right. And and Hardy's over there charging ten bucks. Yeah, and the line was like phew. volume, volume, volume. And he was racking it. That's rake, just an economic. In, that's, that's economics one hundred and one. Yes, ten and bucks. You and, and if, if if everybody would charge like ten bucks for a picture, I bet you I would get my picture made with a shit ton, a, a ton of, people. of people. Yeah, it's it's always best for business, but that's fine. Whatever, but yeah, I know what everybody wants you know, to whatever, do. Whatever, what everybody wants to. Do. I'm not trying to tell them, so, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying when know. I when I when I you know if 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 people seem to be abrupt in those situations like Bubba was all those years. Now Bubba's done a lot of other shitty stuff since then. Of course, like way more. I don't you know. I, there's been a, a litany and a list of stuff that makes him a huge dick. So I don't that that that's how I judge him. Uh, but it, and as far as the money goes. I'm saving up my nickels and dimes for that $6,500 Fiend title belt. That's oh, what that's aren't what, we all? Yeah, it's going to be. Are you serious? 
I was looking on the app and I couldn't find it, but everybody says it's somewhere and it's, you could get it. And I'm like, there's some fool out there that's going to get it. You know, I don't know. I think that's the definition of a mark. If you pay $6,500 for that stupid thing, get out I, of def- The definition is more than just a mark. My I'm going to, I'm going to judge you on that. I mean, I'm, I'm going to judge you. I'm going to fucking judge you like a mofo. If I see you with the fiend belt over your shoulder, lined up for Enzo Amore, you are a mark and a huge, mm, I might just dick. have to go up and hit you. You know, I'll just get charged <laughs> with assault. It's just going to have to happen. I'm trying to see if I can find that thing on there. Championship. Oh, there it is. There's the Fiend Bray Wyatt custom title. Look at that. There it is at WWE Shop. Designed designed and handcrafted by Tom Savini Studios. The godfather of gore. I don't know who Tom Savini is, but I'm sure I'll know Uh, in a little bit. I guess. This beautiful belt, Bryant, weighs in at 64 inches. Mm Mm-hmm. Height from chin to forehead is 12 inches. Weight, 7 pounds. 7 pounds ounces. of gold. 7, seven and a half pounds of gold. Man, Bob Caudill was there with the missus. <laughs> yes. Looking Didn't great. I'm doing fine. Individually numbered and certified as authentic. It better be. For the money that I'm going to pay for this thing, it should blow me. No doubt. Truly rare and unique due to the handmade sculpting process. No two titles will be identical. Each will be a truly unique collector's item. It better be. Each At title least. is each title is uh, crafted with a genuine leather strap. It, they, I better see the, the the cow being murdered in front of my face. <laughs> and I've been told it doesn't have it here, but it says sixty five hundred dollars, six thousand five hundred dollars is is the what this is for. Fuck. Uh. And then it's with ta- and the tax will puts it well over seven thousand, depending, I guess, what state you're in or whatever. That's unbelievable. I just no way. We want to um, tell you that you should listen to uh, a Place to Be Nation podcast, as they did a two parter with Brad Stutz and with Grant Sawyer uh, about CWF Mid Atlantic, and we had talked about this a couple of weeks ago because it looks like this is going to be a real transition for CWF Mid Atlantic. Uh, many people have taken it as being the end of the promotion. It looks like now they're going to be running more sporadic shows. There's not going to be a wrestling school anymore. They're not going to have the CWF Sportatorium uh, running anymore in Gibson, Gibsonville. Um, so it seemed like a good time for them to talk about the history of CWF Mid-Atlantic. And, and they broke it into two parts on Place to Be Nation. The first part was from the beginning of, of what they were doing in the early part of the century up until the worldwide era, which I think started around 2012 mm-hmm. when they started doing that weekly television show. And the second part was from that era until the end of their part with it. Of course, Brad leaving about two years ago in a cloud of scandal and then Grant uh, about a month later. And I felt, uh, as we saw and hung out with Brad some this weekend, I felt like this was very much a redemption kind of weekend for him. And Seemed he, to be. He's back... I don't want to say in the good graces, but it seems like there has been a lot of healing that is taking with him and and some people. And he's announcing now for um, AML for America's Most Loved and Tracy Myers. And I think hopefully he'll be able to, as time goes on, do more and more with that promotion and with other promotions. And that is an up and coming promotion. It really is. He does a good job. Tracy's done a good job with everything that he's ever touched, um, in particular with wrestling. He's he's just been fantastic and people people like him i mean the wrestlers and the boys and the girls mm-hmm. they, they they like him i mean he's one of those good bookers i guess but, promoters um it's it's just in the the story itself with brad and what happened a couple of years ago and he is he's now explaining this as just completely an internet event that the internet decided to swarm on him and kick his ass for a moment and things got blown out of proportion and then he was persona non grata in wrestling for a while. And now it seems like some of that has worn off. And I would just point out to anybody, the facts are that Brad Studs was never uh, questioned, detained, arrested, arraigned, tried, or convicted of anything that is in conjunction with um, modern vintage wrestling or human trafficking. And my story on that was always that I knew that when human traffic was introduced into the story, it became a whole other thing. And you cannot get away from that or punch yourself out of that. So Brad's story is that he had no idea that if such things were happening, he had no clue of it and no knowledge of it. 
Uh, Grant says that he believes Brad because he would not ever sit down with him for any interview or be his friend anymore if he would have lied to him about that. Um, just uh, I, and I said this a couple of years ago when all of all of it went down, and it was uh, kind of punctuated with um, the Bruce Mitchell story, uh, which kind of summed things up in a way that everybody could kind of digest. Um, there were a number of things that happened to Brad because there was, he had made some political enemies and some people were very much out with their knives and they felt like this was their opportunity to kind of stab this guy in the back. Um, I think he suffered a due punishment for whatever it was. And I, I don't really see any reason for him to be a pariah any longer. You know, I don't see why. Um, I they they didn't really go into the story that was in the torch. Uh, they actually did kind of give a shout out to our podcast. So thank you to Grant and, and to Brad for all of that. Uh, I don't think that Bruce had any agenda when he wrote that story other than to tell the truth about the story and, and what was happening. There were a number of people who <clears throat> chose that opportunity to. Um, and, and Brad says it in the in the podcast, like, well, I, you know, there, was there some bad behavior? Eh, I don't know. It, it didn't seem to be a problem when things were rolling. When I fell out of political favor, though, then all of a sudden some of these things kind of get brought up and stuff. As far as him being inappropriate with any female performers or anything, that's that's not anything that was ever brought to his attention at all. Um, I can't imagine him ever doing that, though. You know, it, it doesn't feel like it, I, and it, it seems you know. like there were a number of things. And I, I will just say that CWF, as it is, seemingly going out of business or at least changing its business greatly. He wouldn't say this, so I will. Possibly a little vindication for him that his association with. That promotion itself was one of the things that helped keep it going for a long time. Now, obviously, losing Trevor Lee to NXT was a big blow as well. But I would also point out one of the reasons that Trevor Lee was such a big star in CWF Mid-Atlantic was because of Brad Stutz booking. Yeah. Yeah. And I am not in any way saying that Trevor Lee wouldn't have been a star without Brad Stutz. And I'm not in any way saying that the promotion wouldn't have done well without Trevor Lee. Right. Because those other other guys have come and gone. Those other two guys, those two working together. Mm Mm-hmm pretty good yeah a pretty good business for that promotion yeah. for a number of years yeah <laughs> so in in terms of a business decision that was made because it was politically expedient or it was just to get themselves out of the fire <clears throat> you know it didn't pay off for them in the long run that and a number of other factors but i also think that to an extent and again brad doesn't need to say this in any way shape or form but yeah, maybe getting rid of him wasn't the best idea. And maybe if they would have been supportive of him in some way when all of this was going down instead of just deciding to just take the make him take the exit ramp, maybe things have worked out a little bit differently for that promotion. Maybe they would still have that building in Gibsonville. Maybe they would still be doing worldwide. Maybe they would still be running shows on a regular basis. Well, losing Grant, too. I mean... It was huge. Uh, once they lost yeah. Grant, that was... Whew, that was a... Just a huge chunk between he yeah. And Brad. He, Grant did uh, just an unbelievable amount of work. I mean, dude works for the ACC Network now. He does That's how good he is, and he he shoots stuff, and he was doing ten times more work with shooting and editing and doing all of the things that he did. And, and it was very clear in those podcasts, which are again, it's a place to be nation. Very easy to find that on any of your podcast platforms. But Grant had said prior to Brad leaving, before everything went down, um. He said, you know, if you go, I'm gone. There's no way because we're not going to be able to do the old way of booking and get me do what I'm doing. It's not going to work. And he was incredibly burned out as well because he was working insane hours. Right. Um, but I'm very I mean, I, I'm, I'm very happy for Brad being able to kind of make a comeback and to kind of be accepted uh, a little bit into the wrestling world. And maybe people can can look back with some perspective now and go, eh, maybe it, Maybe there was kind of a rush to judgment. There was uh, a real desire to pound, to get that pound of flesh. I think he's got. I think Brad's got a unique perspective now, having gone through all of that stuff and going through 
good God, a, a range of emotions. He was talking about that with when they talked about the announcement for CWF. I think he's already gone through the mourning process as far as that because you know he was tossed out. Right. So he's kind of ahead of the game. There's right, some people right. who are still there that are kind of like, I can't believe it's over, mm-hmm. and they're going to go through that for a long time. But it was, it was a very special moment in time. You know that that promotion was very interesting, and it was it was something that that appealed to us from the beginning, from you know oh four and oh five, and it was it was very compelling stuff. It was such a great menagerie of characters. It was just enough old school so that we could recognize the product, but it was so new school as to get other people and new blood involved. New blood involved. Yeah, yeah. it was. I, I'll I, I'll never forget. And it's so it's so cool. He, he said that he, he thought, Brad said that he thought that when it was going on and when things were going really well, he did, and, and a lot of the people that were involved, did take time to enjoy what was happening, you know, and how, how good it was going. And you never really do that a lot of times when things are going well. If you've been involved in a good situation, whether it was a work situation or whether it's a marriage or whether it's a, maybe you're taking a great vacation with your family and you just kind of look around and go, Man, this could not be any better. Look at these waves breaking like this. Temperature's perfect. I got a pina colada in my hand. You know, you, you just got to take the moment to go, yeah. this, this is great. Um, and you're, you're just, you're really, I mean, we were really lucky to have been there and to have, have taken all of that in. Oh, yeah. We could have been easily stuck with some trash promotion. Oh, my God. Mud show shit, you know, that we were privy to or whatever. But luckily, we it was were so, it was involved so good. With, that you know we, I went out one night to Gibsonville by myself and I was watching the first half of the card and they went at the break and I don't know I just wasn't feeling it that night I was like oh, I'm gonna go home I just you know, I don't want to stick around for the rest of the show so I'm, I'm headed back to my house and I went oh shit I didn't see Trevor wrestle tonight so I turned back <laughs> and I'm like oh, of course I watched Trevor wrestle <laughs> and you get a chance to see it's it's so I mean there's so many emotions that I have when you have a guy like Andrew Everett who is Trevor's friend and you I don't know what you go through when you see like this guy is so good and he's going to this next level and I'm not. Yeah. That's tough. No, it's got to be. Because they were in TNA together, you know, and they were able to do mm-hmm. shit together. Mm-hmm. And then it's like he's this and I and you and you don't want to be like envious or like jealous or whatever. And Andrew seems like. He's in a great place. Oh, he's very happy he with what he's doing. Yeah, he just seems like the happiest dude. Man. I love talking to him every time we have a little conversation. I love the match last night. I love the you know he was he's just wonderful. But it, there's like, got to be so e- it's such an easy gimmick. It's got to be a weird feeling to see that happen. You know, Trevor's Trevor's the guy. Yeah, it's it, and there there are going to be a number of people that are like, well, the promotion the promotion was just created to produce this massive huge star and launch that into the into the stratosphere. You know, yeah. Other stuff came out of it. No way, Jose, and you know all the. And, and he he was talking on that podcast about Adam Page. I had no idea how Adam Page I had wrestled for that promotion. I had but, no idea. He must have been a cup of coffee. Kind you of. You get these moments in time, and it's just it's it's really special, and you'll never get it back. But I, I'm I'm very happy. This felt very much like Brad's coming into a redemptive part of his life and kind of throwing off the baggage of the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I hope people give him a chance to do that. I, I hope so. I hope that there there are a number of trolls that will want to judge you forever on the internet and stuff. Yeah, I know. I realize. I was the guy that just told you about Enzo Amore. I get it. Enzo Amore is a huge, massive dick. <laughs> and he's a terrible person. And why were you people in line for him? Ugh. But yeah, I, I would hope that there would be some people who would kind of re-examine and go... Yeah, maybe it was it was nice to get the knives out for a moment, but maybe we should probably take another breath on this whole situation I, with that would, thing. You know, I would be willing to bet that the people that still hold things against him and, and still haven't budged on that are people that have a have something against him for some reason anyway. You know, of course, it, it for, becomes there's, there's always something like that. It's got to be, but I, it, it just seemed not. You know, I didn't follow him around all weekend, but anytime I did see him or we talked to him, it, everything seemed to be pretty normal. So it's very it's, it's very difficult because pro wrestling for him was his life from the time he was a small child for whatever reason and then that is taken away from you and you can't be a part of it for a while right and now you're kind of getting incorporated back to it and it has to make you appreciate being a part of it so much more right and you have to have a different perspective also about just people in general he's got to and he was and he talks about that there were there people he never in his life thought would ever stab him in the back and they did 
And even in a, in a business where that's just, you know, that's the reg. That's that's what happens every day. It was kind of, you know, it was ex- exceptionally cruel. And mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm very happy that he's come come through all that because I think he's got, I still think he's got a lot to give the business. I think he's got I mean, Oh, he's, I think so. There's so, he, he's, he's, so, he's still young. He's so young and he's, he's I, I, as far as being a wrestler, those wrestling geniuses, he's got all of that shit down in his head and stuff and I'm sorry, but a, a real reason that that promotion was so successful for as long as it was, was his contribution to it. And if they try to whitewash any of that as this thing goes down in flames, I think that's that's wrong. Right. For whatever reason. For whatever reason you want to talk about, oh, he became too hot. It was going to be bad for business if they kept him around. Whatever. You have to acknowledge his booking along with the talent of that entire roster, but even a special talent like Trevor Lee, that was a big reason that they were able to do what they did over the years. And and. When they first got that TV deal, that local TV deal, when they were on the PAX channel yes. in the, here in Winston-Salem, Greensboro yes. area, he was the one that wrote the the show. Yep. He he had the script down and everything. He had it from the time it went on to the time it went off. It was written and ready to go, and they didn't, nobody asked him nobody to do it. Nobody asked him to do it, yeah. He just knew kind of what to do just by watching wrestling and stuff all these years, I guess. And they were like, wow, okay, cool. All right, let's, let's go with this. Let's roll with this. This will work. So, any, any other final comments from you about all the weekend action, all the good stuff? Wow, uh, seems like we're leaving something out that we did. seems like, but we did we did a lot of stuff. We did a lot of eating, a lot of eating with Rich and oh, gosh, with, yeah. with Bruce. Yeah, we did a lot of that. Thanksgiving was was very very good to me, and, yes, and bad to me at the same time. Well, you so know, all of those things happen. you can offset the bad. Bryant can be followed on social media on Instagram and on Twitter at Bryce Sports B R Y Sports. I'm on Twitter at Britt Whitmire. The show is on Twitter at Katie Vick Alive. And I am on Instagram at bdub4reels, B-D-U-B, number four, R-E-E-L-Z. And our Amazon store is katievick.com, katievick.com. Remember it for all your Christmas shopping needs. And we'll see you, fans, next time, ringside. Fans, that'll do it for this week. See you next week. And until then, so long for now.